and I'm Ricardo Deacon. And you're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. Welcome to the Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen. We watch it and then we meet to discuss it. This week's film is Brief Encounter from 1945. <clears throat> I watched the right one, right? Yes. <laughs> it is directed by David Lean, produced by uh, Noel Coward. Anthony Havelock Noel Coward Yeah, it's a thing, funny thing over the E though Okay, Noel Coward Yeah, I was like I don't know why that's a woman um, Anthony Havelock Allen And Ronald Naime Written by Noel Coward Anthony Havelock Allen David Lean And Ronald Naime Based on Still Life A 1936 play By Noel Coward Starring Celia Johnson Trevor Howard Stanley Holloway Joyce Carey Cyril Raymond Everly Gregg And Margaret Barton Music by Sergei Rachmaninoff, cinematography by Robert Krasker, and edited by Jack Harris. Love how that sounds like fucking Rachmaninoff did it, like a score. <laughs> uh, the synopsis is, returning home from a shopping trip to a nearby town, bored suburban housewife Laura Jessen is thrown by happenstance into an acquaintance with virtuous doctor Alec Harvey. Their casual friendship soon develops during their weekly visits into something more emotionally fulfilling than either expected. They must wrestle with the potential havoc their deepening relationship would have on their lives and the lives of those they love. That was... Kind of not accurate for I mean, the character side, but no, okay. Because virtuous doctor. That, and also, she's not a bored housewife no, either. No, I mean, it was inaccurate, but it was, you know, competently written. Yeah. Uh, so this week's film was picked by Ricardo. Ricardo, why did you pick this David Lean film? Well, like, uh, I've been saying that I've been, I was going to pick up a David Lean film for about the length of this podcast. Uh, and Remind me again, how long has that been? Two years now. They're about two and a half years. Two and a half right now. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, I love David Lean. Uh, I think like uh, a lot of people of my generation that got into his work through his epic filmmaking phase. Yeah. Uh, it, it Remind us with, again of those. It started with Bridge on the River Kwai. And then after the success of that, he just um, continued to make big scale productions. So... Uh, what year was Spurgeon? In 1957, I think, mm. or 59, uh, which was like his first movie with Hollywood money and stuff. It was like, I think his first movie in color as well, if I'm not uh, incorrect. Um, and then he did, uh, after that, Lawrence of Arabia and after that, Dr. Shivago, mm. which is one of the best runs by any director. Uh uh, Dr. Shivago, it's one of those weird movies that people that have watched the movie, just the movie, yeah, love the movie. But people that read the book first don't like the movie because he does uh, something very different than what the book does. Mm. So uh, Is that the first Dr. Shivago uh, adaptation? adaptation? Yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as I know, the, there's I been only a know million the, uh, other... I only know the Kira Knightley one. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the Dr. Shivago, uh, like, I, I, I really like that movie, particularly because of screenwriting itself of the movie. The how, uh, again, I'm just mentioning this because this movie has part of it, is mm. that he, even through his epic movies, he was always able to uh, deal on the personal level. That even though you're talking about battle scenes with thousands of extras and everything, is that the most important thing and the most... Uh, interesting thing in the movie is the characters. the characters so i remember like the most memorable scene in the 
in uh, Bridge of the River Kwai is when the Alec Guinness, who is the bridge, uh, the uh, general that is prisoner of war and helps build this magnificent bridge over the River Kwai. Oh, um, <laughs> I've never seen that film. And uh, it's amazing. Like it's, I think it's his uh, of the epic films. Mm. It's probably the tightest movie. I, I prefer Lawrence of Arabia purely in a personal level because that's the movie that made me want to be a filmmaker yeah but have uh, i seen a david lean film other than this well like he directed the great expectations as well like a lot of uh, the uh that documentary about cinematographers are about david lean movies because uh, that's very true he like oliver twist Visions of uh, light yeah great yeah. expectations and oliver twist are like both amazing adaptations as well and he was a great like I don't think he ever made a movie that wasn't based in a book. Mm. Uh, well, is this based in a book or is it? A play? Yeah, it's uh, based on the novel by Noel Coward. As yeah, well. uh, and I think he was great at doing that, adapting, and also getting to the the body and uh, using cinematic tools to tell the story in a different way. Mm. Uh, and that's in the bridge of the river Kwai that uh, Alec Guinness has finished constructing the bridge. And the Japanese uh, camp commander that they've kind of grown to respect each other a bit. They're having a conversation while the sun sets. And the Japanese uh, guy is looking at the sun and he goes, it's beautiful, isn't it? And Alec Guinness touches the bridge and he goes, yeah, it took us ages to, to build or whatever. <laughs> and it's this like very little moments. Also, like the camera is not in Alec Guinness's face. Mm. It's just behind him with the silhouette of the sun in front of him. And it's that kind of minimalistic approach and knowing when to show something and not to show something that I really appreciate that David Lane. Uh, he was an editor at first, so that's how mm. he... Um, <laughs> it shows, I think. Yeah, it's uh, the pacing of his films are amazing, even though like the, the longer ones are uh, never feel dull or mm. uh, there's no misuse of time. Because Lawrence of Arabia is like four hours long, but it could have be easily been six hours. Or two hours. Yeah. And both would have been not the correct length. He he knew how to edit that way. Uh, later in life, he did, made two lesser movies. Uh, Ryan's Daughter, that said in Ireland, it's a bit mm. all over the place. Boyish. And uh, A Passage to India is uh, rather good, but cons- com- compared to like his great films... Uh, they're not as good, let's say. But uh, coming back to brief encounter, it's uh, it's funny they said, oh, "Did you watch the you watched the right one? Uh, <laughs> you know that there is a remake, yeah." Oh no! Wait, what's the remake? Uh, it was done in 1974, made for TV. Uh, with Richard Burton and Sophia Loren. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of uh, sad I didn't watch that. Uh, it's absolutely terrible. And, uh, <laughs> but you've seen it. In the, yeah, of course I have. And uh, in Richard Burton's, if there's a biographer, Richard Burton, that uh, they mentioned the movie that is, uh, it's widely regarded, but it all involved as a ridiculous undertaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like uh, Richard Burton came on board like and this is like the drone face of Richard Burton <laughs> about two weeks before shooting uh, you can really tell that he was just being fed the lines about two seconds before taking and Sophia Loren trying to do a British accent oh my god oh, no. it's uh, rather unlike this movie where they're all flawless Brief Encounter was uh, voted by Guardian readers as the most romantic film of all time I saw that earlier and I uh, 
it's hard to disagree in a way, but it's uh, one of those few things that uh, you have to give the British credit for. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't be going too far now. Yeah, but I mean, like in the in the sense of how uh, for emo- making this movie or for voting for it. No, uh, for making this movie, and also it's like the even though it's a detriment to the culture in itself, the uh, the how reserved. Uh, uh, British people, especially middle class and higher class, are mm. is that it makes for great drama. Yes, because it, the emotions are under the surface. That if you do an American version of this movie, it doesn't like when they are screaming "I love you" and stuff. It doesn't have the impact that this has because it's these people. Such a like, big deal, yeah. yeah. And also, it's uh, something that I, when I was watching with Alex, that she mentioned that it's great is that they are seldom do you see even nowadays. A love affair movie about people that are middle aged and, mm. and a good position and stuff like that. Like it's I, not straight away from either that. Yeah, like the and it's like even interesting in the the sense of the socioeconomic choice of the uh, of the characters that uh, I read somewhere that uh, when uh, No Coward was writing the book that he chose on purpose that they be high middle class. Yeah, and everybody be high middle class, so it would uh, take away the implication that she's going on an affair because she has too much money or too little money, or that she doesn't stay with Trevor Howard because he doesn't have enough money, mm. or she's not with him because he has more money. It was trying it to take factor in at all. Yeah, yeah. so I think it's uh, also like really interesting that none of the. Uh, marriage. Uh, neither marriage is depicted as a bad marriage or a sham marriage. It's kind of like one of those things that is uh, perhaps something at the time that you'd get married so early. Perhaps it'd be your first relationship that you find somebody mm. that is more of a friend. But also than, that uh, you would have had less. Because this is kind of where is this realistically? Like it's not London. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not having these like kind of quaint little suburbs. So. You're obviously having a lot less exposure to a large amount of people, even. Yeah. So you're meeting someone, you're like, oh, I like them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love them. You know, it's. He's it's, a good person. Yeah. He treats me right. It's safe. It's comfortable. Yeah. You know, you have your kids. Everything's great. But it's, you know, it's never, it's never going to be the thing. And most people would never even have kind of realized. It's not the idea of like the, you know, 1950s housewife in America with yeah. the chronic dissatisfaction of that. Like, it's not dissatisfaction. It's just... Yeah, that's why I think it undersells the movie, the synopsis, because it's a lot more complicated than that. Mm. Uh, because it is a happy marriage, as she says. It's not something that... It's something that she didn't know she needed until she met Trevor Howard. Yeah. And I think that it's uh, also very... Uh, it's a great movie because it also uh, keeps uh, a certain level of... Um, subtlety and nuance to the relationship that it, there's no right answers mm. it's not one of these movies that oh she should go with Trevor Howard they like love should conquer all mm. or that she should not see him it's a lot more complicated than that yeah and I think it, it, it's also very interesting a movie uh, of this era but any era really that really gets inside the the head of a female character as well as this movie does and it has a very subtle and r- rather modern use of voiceover the uh, the first time that i watched it was watched it i was quite amazed at how well embedded into the movie the voiceover is mm. that it is not 
like some bad uh, film noir types that you kind of forget there's a voiceover yeah almost you know even though it's really present right yeah. you know it's bookending the entire film as she's t- going back in time and you know bringing us up to date to the first scene but it never feels intrusive it kind of feels very woven into the i think it's part also of the the narrative conceit that it's like bookended both by that it starts and ends in the same moment mm. and also the fact that the voiceover is not a voiceover of some character just um some character just uh, bodiless explaining to the audience what is going on mm. is that she's actually confessing within her mind imagining this conversation with her husband so it's it very has this fresh as well yeah because it's not you know she's not an old lady looking back on a lost love yeah um and uh, i think that like uh, in everything like from the cinematography to the editing to the performances and it's a movie that really stands the test of time that uh, you think uh, watching especially like with the the i think it's the criterion collection again the, uh, the, the, the remaster yeah they've definitely it's been remastered and they've released it so i'm yeah. pretty sure it was them the uh, the with with this new print uh, it looks really uh, modern like uh, mm. even the the editing and the shots composition but also camera movement uh, when it's needed and etc but it's again because David Lean was such a precise director is that every shot has a meaning mm. every camera position has a meaning every edit has a meaning and also it's like how very subtle he is that this movie of course coming from 1946 is really a, uh, also an indictment of uh, post-war Britain mm. And it's so subtle, even for the time, that uh, he, it's not mentioned, but it's kind of there, the idea of we've gone through this uh, horrific kind of scenario that was like life or death scenario. Mm-hmm. And you come the other side and you think, oh, I have to take my chances. And it's just in one scene that it's alluded to that is beautiful when she's in the park and there's the war memorial of the First World War and the policeman comes over and it's like, are you okay? Uh, and I think that it's very subtle even for the time, but I think that even the idea that they're like from the suburbs, mm. so they wouldn't have been in the blitz. You know, it's like all these things have skipped them over. They just keep going to the Palladium, to the cinema on Thursday that the pacing of life the routine of life never changed mm. but um, but I think that the uh, this movie as well like uh, it, it's amazing for the performances and the idea of how the relationship is built that it's built on laughter mm. which is so rare for like again for even a movie nowadays that is not doesn't feel like they have to be together because the script or the novel brought them together. It feels almost organic. It mm. feels that the characters have this attraction towards each other. And I think that the chemistry between the two leads is palpable. And mm, good it's, word. And it's, uh, it's electric at times. Uh, I think the scene when they go to the cinema the first time and they're just watching the movie together and it's just like the, the sitting next to each other. Yeah. That you're like, you know, like when bodies are close. Yeah. And you're but just you're not, not touching. Yeah. 
yeah and i think there's so many moments like that in the movie and then it has that that thing as well of the 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 affair is never consummated as well like it's it, they they go back to do it but they're interrupted by the weirdest <laughs> character of all time which i loved because he's such a dickhead he's so judgy yeah, yeah. Uh, I, i'm not angry alex alec <laughs> just disappointed uh, but it's so funny because you think that they've got away with it as well and your mom's just like that woman i heard scurrying out the stag the back stairs <laughs> I think her performance is amazing as well. Like uh, the way that she uses her eyes to perform is just fantastic. And again, it's one of those uh, things that we've mentioned time and time again during the, the, the length of the podcast. That It's creating that inner life in performances that sometimes it's the most difficult thing to do. Mm. Because the voiceover is great and her line delivery is great. But every moment there's something in her eyes that sometimes... You can see that what she's saying actually doesn't land, even though the the words are completely truthful sounding. But you see in her face that they're not, even the way that yeah. she says, like, I don't want to see you again. And That's you're like, you do kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't lie. And uh, I like, uh, again, like I thought that uh, as uh, part of it is that I wanted to pick a David Lee movie. But I remember... Uh, uh, when we watched uh, I Know Where I'm Going that you particularly enjoyed mm. the movie and I think that those two are my two favorite like romantic movies of all time yeah like Brief Encounter and uh, and again it's like from the same period and uh, history but it's so amazing how two great directors deal with uh, the material so differently mm. that like uh, in uh, um, I Know Where I'm Going he's married as well and it's an affair etc yeah. etc and it's the the approach that like uh, uh, Paul uh, was a romantic and David Lean was a cynic, <laughs> and also a horrible person, but like a great <laughs> filmmaker. Like he famously, like in Doctor Shivago, an extra lost her legs uh, in a scene, and he not only kept this this the shot in the movie. Uh, uh, but he just kept rolling. Like they just drag her body out, and it's like, okay, let's get the another extra to do the same thing and then it's shot cinema. it again well like uh been rambling for 20 minutes so without further ado <laughs> uh what did you think of brief encounter please tell me you liked it thank you um well oh shit this is better than i know where i'm going <laughs> oh yeah uh it's funny as you were saying I, like I, I remember really liking that film but this is a better movie it 100 percent is um yeah, just before I forget uh, what you were saying about um, editing and him making like three and four hour movies and stuff. I think it's as hard almost to manage to make an 86 minute yeah. movie. Because uh, I didn't even realize that it was that short. Because you yeah. don't, it doesn't feel, you know, it doesn't feel like less than 90 minutes. Which I think and is, it strangely feels as epic as yeah, Bridge in the River Kwai or, or... A film that is mostly just people kind of hanging out. Yeah, in the train you station. Know, <laughs> which is funny. Like, I thought so much of Linklater, you know, not just because it's trains and people falling in love and everything and, you know, like the before trilogy and stuff, but the way that, like, his way of showing, like, um, like romance or people falling for each other is just conversation and like hanging out and laughing. Yeah. You know, like rather than it being a fraught, uh, not that this isn't fraught, but like most of the truly like 
engaging in romantic scenes the scenes where they're just chatting yeah you know and like wandering around and getting to know each other and stuff and that's kind of the basis of the before trilogy even whenever they already know each other and they're already married it's about like finding things out about each other oh, this and... is clearly inspiration uh, oh I'd yes say, yeah. oh yes oh i would imagine so yeah um but uh yeah no I, I i really 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 enjoyed it like i watched it on uh i think sunday night i think uh and i was quite tired i was just like ah, <laughs> this is lovely uh yeah it's just it's it's delicious repression yeah um, <laughs> i think it's a very elegant movie that's yes oh that's a good word i like that um yeah and that's fit, fitting as well because i thought so much of um in the mood for love um a film that we did fucking forever ago now but um that's one of the films we've done that really really stuck with me like yeah. as much of like mood and characters and anything else because that's such a like that's a film with even less consummation than this has yeah and even it's even more somehow even more repressed and like you know, almost no words are said of of the like you know attraction and the, the like burning passion or whatever but it's like how much I love that film because of I remember the time as well when we were talking about that about um how like films television in general now it's you know talk a little bit about how we were kind of moving away from that more but of just you know of how many years in between 1945 when this movie coming out and now and you look at like romance and <laughs> how you got to the point where you know not even just that it's like sexually explicit or whatever but like just the sheer idea of like expressing feeling is so explicit and there's something very like not just engaging about this film or this kind of style of filmmaking but just that I don't know it's 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 like exciting yeah. <laughs> you know it's exciting in the way um in the way in the middle for love was never I was watching I was like <gasps> So like whenever the characters kiss, you're like, holy fucking shitball. You know, it's like whenever you've been watching a show for like, you know, actually it kind of makes me think of the West Wing. Spoiler. Um, whenever Josh and Donna finally, finally kiss and it's like, oh my God, it's something like that's kind of the, the modern equivalent of it. But in a way it's that's the way of like playing the audience because it's like we're gonna make you wait we're gonna make you wait and you sit there shipping something for it you know in this film like the idea of like shipping it's a funny one because like as you're watching it (laughs) you're kind of like (laughs) you know you want them to bone but at the same time you're kind of like like just the sheer idea of them even touching is like so it's so shocking and so like you know oh my god like you get you get so caught up in this and like part of that is the the um the portrayal of the relationship itself and the performances and everything and but like it is it's so enjoyable just to like bask in this kind of passion you know because it's like summer as well and everyone's in love and it's just like oh you know it's just there's enjoyable. that line there, there's like, that line in the movie that is like oh if uh, we had nice weather all the time would behave differently i love that <laughs> that always makes me think of um an atonement whenever because like you know it's so hot and like yeah. what's it, uh, their mother say about like uh, loose morals <laughs> the hot weather always always encourage loose morals and it's true though there's something about like you know summer and passion yeah. and everything but um yeah like the, it's the, just the idea of like new and vibrant love as well even in this where it's communicated as much in like glances as it is in anything else <laughs> you know or of just the like the small moments that they have and everything but yeah it's just it's a really believable relationship which is obviously crucial for this, which I would imagine is doesn't exist in the TV movie remake. Oh, Jesus, no. But there is, there's nothing quite, you, you, you don't appreciate it as much until 
you watch a film where two romantic leads and it's just like you know it's not even that one person is doing it badly it's just sometimes people don't have chemistry be it in real life or on screen and when yeah. you don't have it it's just it falls like a stone yeah because it's the turning point of the whole film is that you have to believe in these people and you have to believe that they would be able to fall in love over a couple of weeks under very brief encounters <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and you totally do and you feel that it's not just like you know the kind of like you know of like lust or whatever of like the the care that they have for each other and even the care that they have for each other's partners and the lives that they both have and their children and everything it's like they want to know each other entirely rather than just yeah they don't say oh i don't want to talk about my yeah there's there's none of that because they're so much a part of who they are and also that their love is deep um but yeah it's a it's a funny way it's like you kind of you become so complicit in the affair and it's because it's it's so like because <laughs> it's so like incremental and because you're in it with her um and like her narration is drawing you in from the very very beginning um so you're kind of <laughs> you're getting drawn into this sort of like delirious web of like love and betrayal and secrets uh, so before you like know what's happened really you're kind of like because I was just sitting there and I was like oh, kiss kiss bone you know like whenever they go to the apartment I was like ah. the flat oh my god oh. Um, yeah like it's actually really funny because today um, the advice column in the Irish Times had um, I, uh, yeah I know so, sometimes I read them because you're one who does them is really good but um and it was a woman talking about how she'd been married for like 20 years or something, but it had numerous affairs, right? And the nonchalant tone of someone's voice is because like, obviously in our modern times, there's absolutely nothing wrong with people who have like open polyamorous relationships, etc. But this is a woman who was in like a monogamous marriage, right? Yeah. Has had several affairs that, and then... Um, She's like talking about this old flame that she had affair with before, and now he's come back, and she thinks he has feelings. And what should I do? Should I start it up again? And the first sentence of the response was like, "It's funny how you haven't talked about your husband once." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, of whether he knows how he feels, why it is you're doing this, why you're doing it for yourself, why you're doing it to him, etc. It was. It's. Like, I. I definitely. I'd uh, recommend looking it up because it's quite an interesting one yeah. of like someone who's just. And I do not think like it... not even someone who's like you know clearly not someone who's unfeeling or someone yeah. who uh or someone who's talking about it flippantly but just someone who is under such a sheer level of like um almost denial, denial. yeah it was oh, it was really it's really, really fascinating but i love that shit just on that point it's something that I, I i noticed the first time that i watched this movie which i was far too young to understand yeah uh I, and i just realized that i had watched it when i was like in Uruguay and in one of these like fucking cinema channels that were in Uruguay. <laughs> explicitly but like, uh, I don't know why I even watched it because it was like, no, like, you know, for well, me like, at the time. You have no context. I yeah. don't know that, you know the way like, because just, I like as a fucking child and teenager, I watched so much TV and movies would just come on and you'd end up watching them, you know, and you kind of, you get drawn into things. And But as a kid, like something like Pretty Woman, you can understand even though you don't understand sexuality <laughs> because it is about like, it's such a open narrative, but some, so much of this movie yeah, is in rags, the unsaid moment. to riches, yeah. you know, it's a basic kind of plot. And so much of this movie is in the unsaid moments that I think that without understanding relationships, you really can't get the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but, yeah, especially as a young child. But going back to the uh, the letter from the Irish Times that you mentioned, um, mm. that this movie does a great job of not 
saying that uh, Laura is staying because of the kids. Oh yeah, well that's that's like, kind of yeah. where I was was getting to because it's kind of I like how because this film is it's framed around her like sort of faux confession to her husband, which is as much about her kind of working through it as it is about actually communicating it to him. But that the the idea of like blame or like whose the actual motivations for everything around this is very like muddy in a way and like yeah. in a way that's quite like humanistic i would because i know you're saying about like david lean being quite cynical but i don't think this is a cynical no, movie like, necessarily but i think that he's uh, cynical in a way that like it doesn't appear into his movies as in that he's yeah. not cynical about relationships but he's cynical about the world around their relationships that yeah he, yeah they, yeah that he thinks well, that, british society itself not yeah. these people but yeah, yeah. like it's the, the same as what i mentioned of the bridge mm. that is this moment that you can't have two people connect because their culture is so apart mm. but they're both so human because they love beauty just what they think beauty is is different yeah. And I think that so much of his movies are about that distance between people. They even like Lawrence of Arabia is really about the relationship between Lawrence and Omar Sharif's character. Mm. And like uh, Shivago is about Laura and uh, uh, Julie, Julie Christie's character and uh, Omar Sharif's character. Mm. And I think that so much of it, none of them end with the people together, let's say. Like is the way that he sees it. I think this, the way that he sees the world is that what you want to be best for you is never what you get. Mm. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you get like, nothing. The, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if like his point in this film is like not that you know oh they should have been together or oh they're terrible people, yeah. but more that if society had been different when they were at the age that they met their partners they probably wouldn't have, they would have, you know, they would have got together rather than, yeah. you know what I mean? If like, if just, it was, you know, because you're talking about like, how old are they? How long have they been married and everything? Yeah. If you look at, you know, like probably the 30s or something of like people getting married then, if they just, you know, been in a different time, in a slightly yeah. different society, they probably wouldn't have. And it's not even that it's like settling because yeah. to them, it's, they don't even really have a concept of what settling is because once you have, you know, you've got this secure marriage and someone who cares for you and everything, it's like you've won the fucking lotto, you yeah. know? So it, I think that it's a really interesting, uh, oddly, like, I don't know, modern concept of, of what relationships are and, and like yeah. love and lost love. And, you know, it's, it's, it's. And an again, I think that is no coincidence that David Lane had done the previous adaptation of Charles Dickens's work mm. because it like pretty much Dickens' entire oeuvre is about oeuvre. the that kind of uh, the great expectations mm. that he's done. Of yourself that, and of life. Yeah, and yeah. it's about like the pursuit of that person, but if that person might not be the right person for you. Mm. And then it's uh, you, the the right person could have been the safe choice. Yeah. And it's the idea of the 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 what ifs of life as well. The, it's brief encounters that yeah. they had. They, this love like a burning flame sometime burn out yeah they even the again the alex mentioned is that uh when we were watching it uh, her uh her fantasies of their relationship together is always like being here yes, going there yes. and this it's all she's, very theatrical yeah, yeah. it's all very she romantic knows it yeah. as well but 
the thing of you know maybe we're only okay it's you know it's the before sunset thing as well, well of like, like you know maybe we're only okay in these very small moments and the thing is you never know until you do it and it's but the, yeah it's the thing of uh of goodwill hunting that it is the, the the only great thing about that movie is the robin williams moments yeah and everything he says about his wife yeah that is like the, that love is that day in and day out those fights but that you're able to like be oh, better together that's such a good character yeah and i love the he, he fucking he acts everybody off the fucking planet as well it's the best part of the script it's yeah like, it's such a 90s script oh my god uh, and um, also well like some of it is also improvised that there is famously the the bit that he's talking about his wife farting in the sleep and waking herself up that like the camera starts shaking because the cameraman was laughing and he was holding it in so the camera is kind of like <laughs> shaking it's really funny oh Robin Williams though like yeah uh, but again it's the, the humanism and I think that like Liam was a cynical humanist which is very rare we have say. discussed yeah. some other cynical hum- humanists I believe yeah like and I, I think uh, uh, of this movie as well that it, it is important is that the characters are self-aware mm. which is very rare in the movie that you go like they're doing like what they believe is stupid things but you, they know that they're doing stupid things. Mm. It's like when she lies the first time about like <sighs> dinner, and then she rings. It's such she's a big never deal be for good, her. But yeah. she never get caught in that lie. Yeah. But she's so she afraid of being caught. Like, oh yeah. my god, she overdresses it. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous, and she's just thinks I had to go into, bata- into a tobacconist and use the telephone, and of how like her communicating to him of like just because it's the first lie is the worst one. Yeah. Because then it's like, oh my god, if I can do that, what can I do? Yeah. You know of like oh just and uh, delicious but even she mentions that it's like she's he's made me feel like a teenager but you feel that she never felt that when she was a teenager yeah. as well and it's uh, something that is great and i think it's also fantastic that you don't see trevor howard's side of the story yeah because you you see him like she sees him that otherwise it becomes like too complicated in a way yeah. and also because the movie is really about her mm. it's like his part is let's say he could have an unhappy marriage etc he does like his he does like his wife is sold a little short I think, yeah. in the movie but you, again again you don't know but like what all- his he, like because he talks about her fondly but oddly like condescendingly or something that I she's th- small and you I, know I, I think is that the the part is exactly the uh is that they he has the same whatchamacallit is that he is the same position as she is in their marriage mm. that he is one of those few men of that generation that wants a challenging partner and mm. uh, he has a perfectly good wife and a good person or whatever but he, there's no challenge Uh, not in the sense of like getting you know like that kind of meeting of minds or whatever they even how that i think that one of the best scenes in the movie which is extremely modern i felt Hmm. is when he's discussing the type of medicine that he wants to get in he's not talking down to her yeah and it's the idea that she's trying to understand as well these concepts that obviously are beyond her ballpark now just because she's not a doctor but also because you can tell that because of society she's not part of these conversations as well mm. as often as you know that she mentions like uh, to about like in her voiceover that uh, her husband and Alec would probably get on together <laughs> if they had met in different circumstances yeah 
And the thing is, her husband probably meet him and not realize. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the way that he's like, oh, you, you should bring him uh, on Saturday because I'm not around on Saturday. He's just, he's delightfully unaware. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, but again, it's like on the, every time that I watch it, I think that he wonder, knows. Yeah, because he says, what does he say to her? He's like, oh, you went away. Yeah. You went away there. And it, yeah. yeah, and it's, it's a You've moment as well where he was really paying attention to her. Yeah. And it's like... I, I I think that he knows enough that he doesn't provide that side. Even the idea of them sleeping in separate beds. Yeah, and, that was the saddest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like I <laughs> I, I think, and like I think that if if there was a modern remake, mm. it, like it reminded me. I don't know if it was intended or not because it's obviously sometimes art takes a bigger uh, chunk. But it reminded me of uh, Beginners. Like the idea of the uh, the mm. not the of that like homosexual marriage, Plummer, yeah. yeah. That idea that it's like, oh, well, in the beginners he becomes a bad husband, but mm. in this case you could become a good husband but deny that that part of being married. Mm. You're just a really good partner, which but he it, clearly is. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, is they, they're it's missing that like, spark side. Yeah, yeah, because they've you know they've they've had the kids now, and you know they just have their nice cozy little life, and it's not even about just about like their sex life or whatever. It's it's kind of it's a whole thing around it of of spark. Yeah, and I think also is that you said that the the other wife gets sold short, but the the thing is that none of the the moments that the the uh, Laura's husband is like big up yeah. is when she's talking to Trevor uh, to Alec. Is the we know because we see him. Mm. It's not the way that she talks about him, and I think that is the same as <laughs> is that they see the when they're together, all they can see is the fl- what it's lacking in their current partners. Yeah. So they, even if they can't particularly put their finger on it. Yeah. You know, because it's almost as if they don't quite have the language to explain, but in their mind they know because it's like attraction and like you know i don't like the word spark but you know what i mean is something yeah. that nicholas spark y- you can't entirely oh nicky sparks you can't entirely put your finger on because it crosses a lot of yeah. different things and it's you know 1945 and you're very very british and, and the weird thing about this movie is that again in 84 minutes it manages to create a really good geography of the area and yeah. the train station in particular that yeah. you know exactly in the train station I like where you the, are the, the kind of the, the reoccurring yeah. the mirroring and everything the reuse of the same thing handing the tickets and, I, and even the, in the and... little lives <laughs> of the side characters that is amazing like yeah. the uh, the relationship between the station master and the yeah that, I, that was the bit that I was kind of like eh. It felt it almost. I don't know. Sometimes those moments felt a little bit like they were in a different film. Yeah. And, you know, not like I didn't dislike them. It just it was a bit silly, and I was like, go back to the fun stuff. Yeah, but I think that like yeah. But it creates because like that location is so important. It's, yeah. I like it also that. Also creates they, uh, the sense that these dramas are playing off everywhere. Yes, and this woman just sits and watches them all. <laughs> yeah, like in the, I, I love like the the call, like little callbacks that even like god oh, the the she put the the lady behind the counter always puts the sugar and the spoon. Yeah. And now like in the last moment okay, we have to talk about the good boy. The I think that that is the genius of this movie. I've never it, wanted to punch a woman more in yeah. my life. I was like, give them their moment. And it, it is the thing. I was like sitting there going like, how is he able to be so composed? Mm. Like in my head, I'd be like, I wouldn't be able for it. Like I'd leg it. Like I wouldn't like be like revealing myself, but I'd be like, oh, 
I'm sorry, I have to go. I'm not feeling well or something. Right, the you train's know. coming. Yeah. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> see you, bye. Yes, it is. Bye. But like, uh, <clears throat> how, like, I love how the scene is played in the beginning and the end of the movie. Yeah. And then the beginning, you obviously don't feel anything because you don't know. You're kind of just confused. And because I put it on, and I was like, what's wrong with this lady? The other lady's really annoyed. <laughs> and because it's, because she's so clearly distraught that, you, like, it's... Because you haven't seen the build-up of the relationship, if you start that and someone tells you, okay, so this woman's just, like, had to leave a lover, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> you know? Whereas, like, when you watch it not knowing, it's almost like, you're like, huh? And then it's, bloop, and then as, like, you get to that scene, by the time you watch it the second time, you're like, because oh! it's so, like, oh, it's just way down with the subtext. And then that little moment that he says, we have a couple of minutes and then the woman shows up and then just like kills the goodbye. The constant thwarting. It's yeah. almost as if like they're thwarting themselves, but the world is also going, no, no. And, and also I have to say that the, the the best part of this movie is the movie trailers and ads when they go to the cinema. <laughs> There's a lot of cinema in this movie and I really appreciated that. It did make me think of... um of their finest a lot actually because your woman who plays the uh your woman in the cafe or what even is it it's like a snack bar that sells uh, the, alcohol the, the station cafe yeah yeah like um her voice that the off license starts at six or yeah, something it's the weirdest it's thing so, so strange yeah um, but it's like this woman is feeling ill though okay i'll give you brandy <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> the cure-all uh, but it made me think of their finest because you know they do all the um the propaganda things of like um you know like oh well even though that's what they're kind of propaganda but more of like you know what you can do to help out the war effort and well they're propaganda yeah. well yeah but um but like nice propaganda of growing carrots and your woman's voice where she's just like how's baby her voice is the exact same as your woman in the cafe and i was like <gasps> <laughs> and like obviously their finest would have been looking to movies like this like of you know of this era I mean about this movie in particular because yeah. it's not necessarily a wartime film but at the same time it's like there's just something because it's their accents are so funny because when you start it you're like oh they're so big but then it's such like of that era film yeah. voices you know that are it's almost like it's more like fucking mid-Atlantic nearly yeah. than anything else and but you get into it then and you sort of forget and I, I also love the not the the older lady in the cafe the younger oh, one yeah. where she's like she uh, knows the yeah. crack which <laughs> <laughs> is like I'm closing up <laughs> yeah <coughs> which she kind of like carefully closes and you can almost see her like peering out around the blind yeah and then she legs it with your man like <laughs> afterwards that is the idea that all these things are are happening all the time around them yeah and is the how central your life is and also the idea of like the how they sell their their narrative that it's like oh yeah the the boatman does doesn't know uh, we're having an affair yeah you know they just think we're crazy young people whatever like it's um, <laughs> yeah like i i think I, I i'm so glad that you you enjoyed oh, it no, like, I read it. like yeah. uh the uh i would watch the remake uh because I it is so <laughs> amazingly bad <laughs> because this is like just delletable like it's like this is a gritty movie yeah Especially Literally, when she gets, she gets greater, greater. Right? <laughs> yeah. I love that though, the way that scene's played though, because it's quite like business-like. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, she looked into his eyes and she knew. 
It's just like, you know, oh, that's such a helpful man. That was very nice. And then she sees him again. She's like, oh, Jesus, how are you? You know, it it becomes, it begins in such earnest of yeah. just like general politeness of people that are just like, oh, that it's. And then again, it's the 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 laughter that is like yeah. the cello player that that really is yeah. the spark that they I have the that sense somewhere. of humor. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that perhaps that's what's missing in her in her home that is laughter. Yeah, because it's like I'm gonna do the Times crossword. Yeah, and he just sits there, and he's such a fucking dick about it as well. It's just like, okay, it's grand that you like crosswords. You don't just sit there being like, darling, I'm doing the crossword in front of the fire. Could you not turn down that record while I do the crossword? It's like simmer down. Yeah, but like you're not even that good at it. She had to help you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like uh, I, uh, I, I do think that the the. Um, uh, it has to be said that both like the location shooting and the studio shooting is just unbelievable. I yeah, think that, it is because it's not showy at all, but it, you know it, it's memorable. Like there's some really, and then you know he uses like uh, not effects but like movement whenever it's necessary. Like whenever she's a buggy, you're gonna jump in front of the train, but obviously not because that's not within her character to do. Just like kind of a like mad sort of, and you're like, oh, you know, because it's quite shocking because you because yeah. as well because you've seen the scene at the start where she disappears and your yeah. mom's like, oh. I didn't know where you went and you don't realize that that's what she's gone to do and that's why she's fainting yeah and also it's like it gives you the idea that after the first encounter you think that she went out to see the express train because that's why she met him yeah. in a in a strange kind of like way no more the the express train and the first part the uh the gray hits her eye yeah is ju- she's just standing in the station waiting for her train and this and that's what causes her to meet him initially mm-hmm. so i thought that uh the first time that i was watching it as an adult that she had gone out in a way because she already missed him yeah. is kind of like closed the loop that we met uh, in the express train and yeah. then we closed. So you you're thinking like I was thinking this, and then not like then you have the hit that she went out, yeah, really to like end it all because and that's it makes so much more sense as well. Like when you're watching it in, like again, that she is talking about suicide when she's on the train, yeah, and she's talking about like ending it all or she she hoped it was the like that. She hoped that she will never feel this way again. And then she goes, no, because I want to remember every single moment. Yeah. And it's this weird kind of like (laughs) thing that goes, you know, like that. It's like super depressing, but also like really poignant and kind of beautiful. Yeah. Like, uh, like, and I love the set when it's like the, the under the bridge of the train station yeah. that you have the the town behind and the stolen kisses yeah oh those stolen kisses oh yeah like it is i i i'm very glad that you liked it yeah. it's, uh, well i like it as well because when it finally gets to the point that they're like confessing their feelings or whatever he's almost like more upfront than she is yeah which is kind of interesting as well that like he's more just like I cannot let you go kind of thing. It's And it's, I love that her reaction is like, oh yeah, I love you too. Uh, let's not ever talk about this again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. It's so funny. Somehow more prim and proper than he is. Yeah, that, uh, what was your uh, favorite thing? Well, like I think um, it's a tie between David Lean's direction and overall like editing and cinematography and everything because he'd shoot a lot like 
not an awful lot of coverage because he knows how to cut a scene together. Mm. Uh, but um, so I think the movie has a very special pacing. That it, that's why it feels modern in a way as well mm. because it just moves in a way that it's not a three act structure. It's not clear. It's not this kind of like screenplay by numbers scenario. Yeah, I think that it is. Uh, it's all in the filmmaking that you could get the same screenplay and make an awful movie. <laughs> you know, like uh, oh with a voiceover. Yeah. <coughs> no, but even as you just explain it, the bare bones of the plot and yeah. how the film is put together and the characters and the narration, and you're like, oh. And uh, I think her performance is also up there because again, it's like most of the film is just the camera in front of her face, which mm. is oddly revolutionary. Mm. Because even something as modern as like a, a Paul and Pressburg movie uh, as like Conal Blimp or uh, You Know Where I'm Going, it's yeah. mostly shot like a normal movie. And like uh, Ling was able to do that from like Great Expectation. Again, that the documentary goes into great depths about mm. like Ling's cinematography and his use of black and white. But in this is, is almost like... Um, whatchamacallit, it, it makes it so personal that it's so rare for a movie of, those, of that time to just give the actor that space mm. to become the character without any showing off, without any fireworks, for the lack of a better word, but also uh, in the way of just drawing you into that character because you're just there with her. Mm. You're just sitting there, uh, like almost sitting next to her on the train carriage. As this is all happening, yeah. yeah. And and it's time and time again. You're just there, right in her face. And I think that uh, number one, it's a great trust to the performer to that the movie lives or dies. Like there, there's no work around if that doesn't <laughs> no. work. And uh, I think that that trust is really. Uh, she pays off that trust in spades. Like, uh, mm. I think that, uh, that like seldom have I fallen in love with a character the same way, you know, uh, that yeah. you're sitting there going, uh, as he does. Yeah. And in a way, like I fall in love with characters, no matter how sex sometimes it's yeah. like, because it's like, you love the character, not in a sexual way, but it's like, I love that person. You just yeah. think of like, and you feel for them in a way that is almost real you you kind of envision them and i think so it's partly because i haven't seen her in anything else that yeah, i know she's... so it's kind of that she's laura yeah yeah for me which is strange because obviously she was like a big actress at the time but i don't know what other movies she was uh in probably have seen her but haven't yeah. noticed kind of thing because I've seen Trevor Hardy in, in a couple of pictures and he's also in uh, Ryan's Daughter as well. Uh, but like I think that this is so succinct as well. Like it's like it just does what it needs to do and gets out of the way. Yeah. And I think that... And then sits with you. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's... Um, yeah, like I think essentially uh, uh, enough, it's probably up there in my... Uh, my films at that era again it's like one of my favorite romantic movies but um i always find something new about it when i watch it and mm. i really appreciate movies that are like that that you can keep discovering things as you grow older yeah. and you become more aware of life or uh about the world or uh 
also like just the mood that you're in watching it mm. like sometimes i w- sit there and watch the movie and i was like oh laura you should go with fucking now like <laughs> yeah. and sometimes it's like oh no like uh, it's gonna be burn sensible. out to be yeah like it's a huge risk it probably won't work out you don't know anything about him like literally <laughs> nothing about him and and it's like the idea is just love real if it's not lived yeah and stuff like it's very complex movie and i think that all that complexity is in her face yeah and it's both her performance and his decision to shoot that performance that makes this movie so that's my favorite thing what's your favorite thing (laughs) which one do you think i was going for (laughs) um uh i think their relationship i think definitely yeah because it's it's just it's so central and as as much as she is the main character if he wasn't as good as he is and if they didn't have the chemistry i think god this movie would fall so flat and like all those scenes that kind of out of context are quite you know like fraught and you know like the scene where she's like so emotionally distraught and she nearly faints and everything and you know and in a movie where that doesn't have the connection the visible and palpable connection that they have it just it wouldn't work it's it's so it's, it's funny like it's it's a, it's an intangible thing and it's I always think it's really fascinating whenever directors are able to find two people that are so suited on screen and, yeah, and, and it's the, weird how the sometimes they which, hate each other in yeah, real life but it's just because it's the it's the mystery of the of the screen though of yeah. like certain people and how like in real life they look they they work better within the square you know yeah. what I mean? it's just an odd thing and it's just it's so enjoyable to watch a film like this when they're they're just so good and every scene that and even how they act like they play off other characters as well but like you're sitting there just waiting for them to meet again just waiting for them to meet again because you want the more you want the rapport you want the laughter and everything and like it i know we talk about like um the before trilogy and everything as well but even just what you were saying about um uh as you grow older and you're in different moods and everything and i have a similar kind of thing with those movies of like the different years but also of like different moods of of like being annoyed by them or you know it's just it's funny like the films that are as like astute and like just sort of all the like this is like a realistic movie or something but like the way the way it's portraying relationships feels really like there's something real about it yeah of like the messiness of the muddled feelings that you have, you know, for how you can completely love your husband, but also completely love this dude. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's be able to like uh, fully, fully like illustrate that without, without it feeling ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's, that's the thing is that like love is a stupid yeah stupid thing and it's a like intangible thing in a lot of ways. So being able to like show it on screen without it having to be like, you know, like without having to be the things that she imagines they would do together or even like the the film that they take the piss off like yeah. flames of passion or whatever <laughs> it's called yeah with the very jazzy titles yeah like uh uh alex also showed me like a meme that she's like when because it was the first time that she watched it it's like yeah. i understand the meme oh i love that yeah. i love it's that a, it's like a russian meme that but it's like two cats like in the position when she's in the train yeah. And he's uh, like talking to her, like following the train, like yeah. oh, we meet on Thursday, whatever. And in the in the meme, it goes like the the cat that is inside is like, would you write? Will you write to me? And the cat goes, how could I? I'm a cat. <laughs> 
that is very silly. That's marvelous. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, what's your least favorite thing? Um, I don't think I have one. Like, uh, <gasps> well, like, pick one. <laughs> I think that there's like literally one scene when the kid like clearly like they just plucked somebody's oh, yeah. kid and the it's kids like are shit. mommy it did make me think though of mildred pierce uh yeah. whenever she goes off with your fa- fancy man and then her daughter gets sick or something when yeah. she's gone it made me think about oh, oh bobby <laughs> yeah bobby got a concussion because he got run over by a car like <laughs> little shit yeah uh yeah yeah that was a bit silly but not like I, I think that that scene in particular is not particularly bad. I think it's when the, she comes back, and the kids have had a fight, and she goes <laughs> up and like they're clearly like just being like, say this, <laughs> and then they're they're like looking out of camera and then they look like almost straight at the camera and it's like, I'm a child actor, but not really. I'm just like somebody's kid, it's like like in the the best grip fucking like nephew niece there's like oh she i know children yeah like can we do just plunk her in the bed and it's like just say words that's it but like uh, i think that it's that but like it doesn't like there's only one saying that that's happened and then i I don't think that there's anything like it's so succinct the movie and everything it's like there for a reason it's like edited to an inch of its life that like Mm. as in it's weird because it's like you said it's 84 minutes and if you take anything out it 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 will fall apart like if we take one more scene out it's like a stack like a house of cards kind Mm -hmm. of thing Mm -hmm. situation and if it's more it becomes like boring it's like yeah. why like yeah. you're you got the point yeah. kind of thing so i don't know like I, I don't think that there's any particularly obvious flaws with the movie like i think that everything it's it's the thing with movies that are so uh, ambiguous about what the message is mm. that if they are able to engage you in a way that you're able to uh internalize their the the personal conflict within the movie you're able to be part of the movie so you can't criticize much of it because it's the entire basis for the movie Mm. and i think it's that argument that we have all the time is that it's what the movie is trying to be uh, you just judge a movie for what it's trying to be if it's Mm. trying to be a funny comedy you don't fucking compare it to the godfather or whatever and in this Sometimes case, we do do that, though. Yeah, but I <laughs> think it's fun tangents. But I think that this. Uh, that, I know what you mean. Yeah, that this for like succeeds sets, in everything. Yeah, yeah, for what it sets out to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what about you? Any these favorite things? Yeah, I mean the kids are kind of shit. Um, yeah, as well. Like I don't know for the bit in the cafe is maybe her performance or something. I don't know. It just felt a little bit hammy or something. That's not that I didn't enjoy it because the the cafe is really important. It's yeah. just. Yeah. I thought that it was hammy but on purpose because she's putting on an act like uh, the way that she had to become that kind of woman because she left her husband yeah I don't and know I if I believe that... her in her life though as much as all the other characters maybe which is yeah, yeah. but at the same time like I, I didn't dislike it it was just kind of and I do like the scene when the soldiers come in and the guy is like <laughs> what's it top off uh, no, top off no what does he say like it or or yeah, pop off or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah like keeps, some weird thing. Just yeah, yeah, and I quite like that yeah. a little bit, but like, uh, 
Yeah, that that was um, yeah. that was a brief encounter. That was thank you, Ricardo. Uh, so where can they find us, Orla? They can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter at The Rec Game. You can email us at TheRecommendationGame at gmail.com. You can find us on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud and the Dublin Digital Radio Radio uh, <laughs> on Mondays at 11 to 12. Next week's film is a special film. Uh, it is uh, the uh, last episode until to be announced because uh, we're taking a prolonged sabbatical as uh, Zorla is moving to Canada. Spoiler! <laughs> so, uh, as a, a full circle kind oh, of thing yes. for like, or what is it? 20... 24... 30th month anniversary. Yep. <laughs> uh, is Orla's pick and it's the last one for a while and it will be... Uh, say David Hay, Michael Hay, What's David Hay, I think David Peter Hay, whatever his name is. Uh, Lean on Pete. Lean so on Pete. So we've gone from weekend to Lean on Pete. Yeah. So uh, we missed forty-five years because I watched that before watching. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, yeah. So until then, guys. Uh, I was Ricardo Deacon. I was Orla Michaelis. See you next week. Thanks for listening.